0: Hello, welcome to the Biblical Narrative with Dr. Burton. Today we're going to continue talking about theology. We're going to look at chapter 2 of the Westminster Confession of Faith of God and of the Holy Trinity. We're addressing this because a question came up about the Trinity in the locals' conversation. So I thought we'd read through this and discuss it who is God and what is the Trinity? Section one of chapter two begins. There is but one only living and true God who is infinite in being and perfection, a most pure spirit, invisible, without body, parts, or passions, immutable, immense, eternal, incomprehensible, almighty, most wise, most holy, most free, most absolute, working all things according to the counsel of His own immutable and most righteous will, for His own glory, most loving, gracious, merciful, long suffering, abundant in goodness and truth, forgiving iniquity, transgression, and sin, the rewarder of them that diligently seek Him, and withal most just and terrible in his judgments, hating all sin, and who will by no means clear the guilty. So that's a lot of descriptive words about God. What does it all mean? First, we see there is but one only. This is the unity of God. And God is one only above all other claims to God, the other quote-unquote gods. Now, this first section, and if you notice there, well, I don't know if you're reading this along with me, there are commas and there are semicolons, and they mean something. This first section before the first semicolon is talking about the incommunicable attributes of God. These are the attributes that God and only God has. He does not share them with any created being. There are communicable attributes that God shares with others. So in the Westminster Shorter Catechism, when we talk about who is God, it says, and this is question four, what is God? God is a spirit, infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. So the infinite, eternal, and unchangeable aspects are a summary of God's incommunicable attributes. He does not share those with humans, but he does share being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth with human beings. We have those attributes in a finite, temporal, and changeable way. So there are communicable attributes of God and incommunicable attributes of God. We also see in this first section that God has, he is just, he is merciful, and there are no other gods beside him that are just and merciful. Uh, if you recall our discussion about the purpose of redemption revelation, redemptive revelation, it is to reveal how God is both just and merciful. God is in Christianity, is the only God that is both just and merciful. All right, so let's look at the next section. God hath all life, glory, goodness, blessedness in and of himself, and is alone in and unto himself, all sufficient, not standing in need of any creatures which he hath made, nor deriving any glory from them, but only manifesting his own glory in, by, unto, and upon them. He is the alone fountain of all being, of whom, through whom, and to whom are all things, and hath most sovereign dominion over them, to do by them, for them, or upon them, whatever, whatsoever himself pleaseth. In his sight all things are open and manifest. His knowledge is infinite, infallible, and independent upon the creature. So as nothing is to him contingent or uncertain, he is most holy in all his counsels, in all his works, and in all his commands. To him is due from angels and men and every other creature whatsoever worship, service, or obedience he is pleased to require of them. So we can start to see a theme emerging from the confession, and we saw it first in 1.5 of the glory of God. This is called the doxological focus of the confession. Doxology is glory. So the focus of the confession is to give all glory to God, and we see it here again in section 2.2 and uh, he is manifesting his own glory in by and unto in by unto and upon the creatures so the purpose of creation is revelation of god's glory we also notice the sovereignty of god he is sovereign most sovereign he has dominion over all we see that god is independent he does not need the creation He's self-sufficient. So uh, we're starting to get a picture of who God is. Section three talks about the Trinity or the tri of God. In the unity of the Godhead, there be three persons of one substance, one substance, power, and eternity. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. The Father is of none, neither begotten nor proceeding. The Son is eternally begotten of the Father, the Holy Ghost eternally proceeding from the Father and the Son. So there's a couple ways to think about the Trinity. The first is called the ontological Trinity, and that's what's described in the first part of this. In the unity of the Godhead, there be three persons of one substance, So this has to do with the being of God. And the one substance is that God is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable in his being, wisdom, power, holiness, justice, goodness, and truth. All three persons are united in the being of God. The second part of this section talks about what's called the economical trinity. And the economical trinity has to do with the uh, relationship of the three persons of the Trinity. And uh, the Father is not begotten, but the Father is a father in relation to the Son. It's an eternal relationship. And the Holy Spirit eternally proceeds from the Father and the Son. So a father is related to a son, and the Son is related to the Father, and the Spirit is related to both, proceeding from them. And if you think about the work of creation and the work of redemption, each person in the Trinity plays a role. The Father decrees, the Son is the Word, and the Word creates, and the Spirit upholds the created order. And in redemption, the Father, again, decrees, elects, the Son redeems, and the Spirit applies redemption. So each person in the Trinity is united to all and is distinct from all. So I hope this helps you to think a bit more about the nature of the God that we are talking about, in the biblical narrative and of course you can always think more about who this god is especially as we go through the stories and think about these attributes of god there are many many books written about this i think of charnock a puritan writer who wrote a huge volume called the existence and attributes of god so if you want to do more Uh, study on the nature of God and the Trinity. There are resources out there. Drop me a line in our Locals community and I can point you to those resources. Thank you for joining me. Today was our theology discussion on the nature of God and the Trinity.